0: This uh, series that we started just last week is entitled Knowing God, and that's what it's all about. Uh, The hope that as we look at God's Word, that we'll go deeper, uh, that we'll know God um, more as followers of Jesus, an incredible need. We started out last week looking at the attributes of God, those things that He reveals in, in His creation, in His Word, and then personally and intimately to us about who it is that He is, even that song that we sang. And and again, just a small part, that that He is an eternal, unchangeable, holy, majestic, almighty, powerful, all-loving God. And He reveals Himself that way so that we would know Him that way in our lives. We're going to focus the next three weeks on how it is that we can come to know Him as that kind of a God in our lives, that we'd know who He truly is. And today we're going to start with one of those three things. Um, Pastor Kathy's going to focus the next two weeks on knowing Him through His Word. And then, experientially, in terms of interaction in our personal relationship with God, but this morning we're going to look at how it is that we can know Him through that wonderful, beautiful, awesome thing called prayer and just as an example of that, um, take a look at this picture on the screen and tell me if you know who that is. anybody who know who that is? <laughs> I see a hand over there, and I know why. Yeah, or now maybe you can see the face a little bit more. You're kind of focusing. That is our very own Rachel Potter. And she is a beekeeper. Now, I, I didn't know that about her. I had a conversation with her this past week, and I found that out. And I, I thought, wow, that is that is really cool. You're a beekeeper. and that, there's A lot of different things involved in that. But I didn't even know that about Rachel. I'm almost ashamed to say that for some reason. But I I found out, and kind of my my, my wife too says, you didn't know that she was a beekeeper? I'm like, (laughs) pfft. You know? I'm like, no, I feel like, yeah, dumbo here. But But I found out by having a conversation with Rachel. See, that's how we get to know people, right? We, We find out more things about them. By having the conversations and talking, that's how we get to know God. By having conversations, by talking, by praying to the great Lord our God. I'd like to ask you to look at three different passages that speak about that this morning. To be able to to learn some things, harvest some things out of each one of them and store them in your heart. To bear fruit, the first place is Second Chronicles seven, reading verses fourteen to sixteen. Truth about knowing God more through prayer. So open up your hearts and hear these words from Second Chronicles. If my people were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be Be there. This is the Word of God. Might it be written on our hearts and lived in our life? The passage is really incredible. And there's a lot there. Just an awesome promise that God gives. And He gives it, perhaps you noticed, in a conditional statement. Did you see that? Uh, Verse 14 starts with that little two-letter word, if, if, if my people who are called by my name, followers of Jesus Christ, God's people, Christians, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and will turn from their wicked ways. I just want to look at that part for just a minute. I, I think that's so incredibly important about knowing God it is exactly what that verse states. Humility, praying, seeking, turning. And I want you to begin to think about that in terms of knowing God and how that plays out. It, it, it's so, so important to grasp this thing called Humility. And as you begin to think about prayer and going before God, think about the need for humility there. Who is it that we're going before? who? It is, who whose name is it that we're calling on? The, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and Jesus teaches us that in terms of the words, some of the first words of the Lord's prayer. Hallowed be thy name reverence awe, understanding that it's God that we're going before and I wonder sometimes if when I think about prayer and, and even catching myself the need to just acknowledge that and center yourself in that as you begin to pray how important that is I mean I would ask you this question If you were going to go, maybe you had a a, a something that you were unhappy about or had discontentment about at your work, and so you decided that you were going to go in and see the CEO, the the big boss, whoever that might be. And you walk in. Do you just want you barge in? You go into that room, and you just sit down, prop your feet up on the table, and say, "Hey, I got something to talk to you about." I know the, the truth about this matter. You have some pride and some arrogance there. And then you begin to get up the finger and everything else and you make demands and saying this is going to happen right now. How does that play out? Yeah, not too well. Pride and arrogance is, is a devastating thing in a relationship with God. Humility. Understanding and acknowledging who it is that God is. And really, if we want to hear and we want to know God, and is this also not true? And I love the parts that are attached to that. If they humble themselves and pray and seek. If you are filled with pride and arrogance, how well do you listen and hear? Not well. Have you ever had those conversations with people too? Where you're on the other side of that? And somebody comes before you and it's like they know everything. They can't possibly learn anything from you. Or they're speaking, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just a lost effort. If we really want to learn something about someone... We'll enter into that conversation with a little bit of humility and we'll open up our ears and we'll open up our heart and we'll hear what it is that they have to say. Humility, so important. And so God is saying that's that's the if part. If you open up your heart and you come before me humbly, you pray and you seek... And you turn from your wicked way. So there's that repentance to this. It's showing that you really are listening, you're really hearing, and you're really knowing who God is. That, that He is a holy God. See how this all fits together? <laughs> These words, then, right in the middle of verse 14, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Coming before God in prayer and knowing He will be there is a is a rich, deep blessing. Isn't that true? Have you have you reached a place where you know that that you know that about God that He will be there? It's so powerful. So powerful to know that when you go before God, when you are unloading whatever is in your heart, you're seeking His face, that you know that He will be there. there's something about that that is so so incredible in our relationships, right? I mean, when we want to talk to somebody, first it takes what? It takes presence. There has to be two parties willing to have a conversation. God is always there. And you know how frustrating that can be sometimes when you want to have a conversation with somebody, but you just can't hook up. I think of all of the things about phones, right? All the dropped calls, it's like, come on. Customer assistance, it really isn't customer assistance. My wife is so good at that. She can be on the phone for 45 minutes. I'm like two minutes in. I'm like. You're not there. Why why don't you know? I can't even talk to somebody. Patience is a virtue as well. But it takes presence, doesn't it? Going before God. Us. Being and coming into His presence because He is there always. No drop calls with God. No waiting. No, not trying to find Him or wondering where He's at because He is there all the time, anywhere. And then not just in in, in a um, physical, uh, physical sense, if you will, but at a deeper sense. You you, you can see that in in that if-then. I will hear from heaven, yes, I'll be there, but then this, and will forgive their sin and heal their land. See, sometimes somebody can be present, can't they? But not really be there. I know you've had those conversations and you've done it too, just as I have. Somebody will come to you with something and all of a sudden it's just this and you're just not focusing you're not there your heart is not in the conversation and i know when that's true and you're on the other end of that and you know somebody is just it's just like this right that's frustrating that's not true of god he's not only there in terms of personhood he's there in terms of heart And those are words that demonstrate that. It's so profound. And so I asked you again a question. Do you know God that way? Do you know that when you go to pray to God, that he will be there in every sense of the word, with the fullness of his heart? How profound, how awesome is that? What an incredible promise. And that is the promise that he gives to you and to me in these words and in other places as well. It is a profound thing, an incredible thing to claim. So I love the Psalms. You see that all of the time. David pours his heart out because he knows God, and he knows God is there, and that God is there in the deepest of ways. And so he can get dirt honest and go deep with God every time he prays. Do you know God that way? It's so awesome to think about what that means and what that looks like he says in verse 16 and i want you to to not lose sight of this i mean this is spoken to to solomon and it's about the temple that was built so he says i've chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name will be there forever my eyes and my heart will always be there and you think great that might be speaking of a temple might be speaking of this place but what brings the presence of god into this place you know right you where is god's temple today living breathing flesh the the promise that jesus gives in john 14 and in other places I will give you another, my spirit, to live in you, to be in you. And once that happens, once we humbly accept the grace of Jesus Christ, God is there and there forever. In our hearts, the very living, breathing temple of God, you as a follower of Jesus. What an incredible promise. And how awesome is it to know then that at any time, any moment, You can have an intimate and deep personal conversation with God because He resides within you. That is profound. An almighty God who created all things, desires to have that kind of a relationship with you. It's awesome. We just have to come before Him humbly and know that He'll be there. Another part of prayer that I want to invite you to think about and consider this morning it comes to us out of the words of Jeremiah 29. I want to read verses 11 to 14. So, coming before God humbly. And this is about going deeper, thinking about what that means and what that looks like. Hear these words, Jeremiah 29 verses 11. I'm going to read verse 14 as well. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. So the first time that I laid eyes on my wife, a thought instantly went through my mind. I have got to know that girl. And I did. Started out... um, I tried to go light. Started out having coffee, that kind of thing. I don't know how you met your wife if you are so blessed or somebody else that you really have a great relationship with that you deeply value in your life, that you know well, that you trust. How did that happen? Well, by getting to know them, right? By spending time having conversations that's what this passage states just as a second chronicles passage did you, you see those words if if you pray if you seek that's where it starts if you take the time to come before God to have the conversations then this speaks about what what verse 11. Declares, For I know the plans I have for you. I think about that often. See, God knows everything about you. All of your past, all of your present, all of your future. Who better, if you're thinking about, and, I, and this is where I think of decisions and things that you just are struggling with and things that you're wondering about, we go to all different kinds of places. We, we consult different people. We talk to friends. We do all different kinds of things. And in deep ways, right? When we're looking for advice, we confide in our, what is it, BFFs, right? I mean, we just We take the time we do that stuff because we value their opinion. We value what it is that they have to say. But I wonder, what about God? Do we know God that way? I mean, this is the the one that created you, knit you together in your mother's womb. Is standing with you at the end of your life right now. He knows everything that you're going to do. And what's more, he has plans for you. I love that, plans for you. I think about how incredible that is. See, we have plans, we have thoughts, we start to map our life out. But are they in sync with the Creator? Is the Creator making plans without consulting, even asking? That always amazes me. I hear people who have big things in their life, and they'll talk about how it is that they're mapping things out, how it is that they're deciding and discerning what it is that they need to do. And I never hear anything about God, and I'm like, what? I don't think anybody wants anything but the best for themselves and the people that they love. Is it not true? Do you want to live a poor or mediocre life? If you do, raise your hand. Do you want to live the best life possible and the people that you love to lo- live the best life possible? Raise your hand. Yeah, of course. Why would we not then have the conversations with God who knows all things? And ask Him for His leading. Go deep with God. Seek Him out. Truth is, we might not always like what He has to say, right? Because we look like this. I know the plans I have for you. if we we want to go to a deep and an intimate level and have the kind of relationship with God, and you see the element of, of trust and faith woven all through this, then we need to take the time to pray, to have the kind of conversations that take us to that kind of place. And it's not just about mere minutes. We're going to look at that more in just, in just a moment. But it's about how it is that we spend those minutes. Do we just spend all of our time talking about the weather? That's not a bad thing to praise God for sunny, beautiful days and rainy days if you're a farmer. What about going deep, having those intimate moments? See, God's plans are incredible, that they are bigger, better, they're forever plans. If we really want to discover what our lives are about, why it is we're sucking air, and picking up our feet, it behooves us to have the conversations with the one who knows. so we can pick up our feet and move in a direction and in a place that is best. See, prayer reveals the heart of God. He he knows us. And when we pray and we ask Him about that, He lets us know who He is. It is an awesome and incredible experience. And I'm sure that there are many people who are sitting here today and maybe listening That echoed the same thought that I had, and I paused, and as I was thinking about this passage, I was thinking about prayer. You know, when I when I really began to know who God was in my life, was because I began to really pray. When I started to block that time out, and I would just open up my heart to God. Nothing to do with this guy. Everything to do with our glorious God. That's when I really began to know who he was. And it was beautiful, a delight, and I love every conversation that we have. And I cherish those times to go deep. And that's what Jesus teaches us about prayer. Again, you're going to see some of the same words. That's okay. He wants it to really sink in. Would you turn and look with me now? Luke 11, verses 9 and 10. And the header for the start of chapter 11 is Jesus' teaching on prayer. And what we have in the verses beforehand have to do with words. The things that I mentioned just a few minutes ago. It starts out, Father, hallowed be your name. And so he teaches us kind of the components and the parts of prayer and what would be good to include in a prayer. And I love verse 5. It says, then he said, so he gets to the heart and the soul and the matter of what prayer is about. And then he shares a story. And then these words, verses 9 to 11. So I say to you, ask. And it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to those who knock, the door will be opened. What an incredible promise and truth. And I think about the asking and seeking and the knocking. And it leads to a, a challenge that is there for all of us. If we want to get to know God, we have to have the conversations. Do you want to know more about who God is? A- and how that impacts you as a follower of Jesus? Have the conversations. Get to know God. You know, all three of these things asking seeking knocking are tied to the depth and the knowledge of god i think about that first part asking and again not always how we would draw it up that's that humble and that reverence knowing that god is god because a lot of times i don't know if you've done it. i know i have you go to god with a plan and you ask him about it right so this this and this just do this and everything will be great Well, God knows a whole lot more about my life and what lies in the future than I do. Wisdom, love, grace. He knows what's going to hurt us. He knows what to avoid. Even things that we think are great and awesome that we want to treasure, that we want to have happen. So asking and learning what that means to ask and what to ask for, I think those are important things. You know, there are conversations that you have with people. Some people you ask for some things and others you wouldn't, right? Well, it's based on who they are to you. Well, who is God to you? What do you know of God? What are you asking Him for in your life right now? See, sometimes we think we know, again, the source, before we ask, of where to have our needs met. Is that not true? I'll quiz you right now. Where do you go to get food? Grocery store. Where do you go to get gas? Gas. I think I heard gas stations. Where do you go to get clothes? Some of you are oblivious. To you. You're all wearing clothes. You somewhere. You went somewhere. Where do you go to get a car? Store. Yeah. The car store. That's that's all true. But I ask you this question: Who really provides them? Does your food really come from the grocery store? Your clothes really from the clothing store? The gas for your car and the money to buy it, all of that stuff, does it really come from somebody other than, think about it, the great Lord your God? Ask. That it was a a profound development in my life when I I realized that, um, you know, I might think that I'm responsible for some of the things that are going on in my life, but that's not true. It's grace, sheer grace. The mere fact that you were born in the United States of America. The mere fact that you had people who cared and loved you and still do. Grace, sheer grace, providence. Now, we talked about simple needs, right? Things like food and clothes. What about the deeper stuff? Where do you go to get them? See how this all relates? When a world is shattered and broken and the things that you need you can't find in a store, where do you go then? To whom do you turn? Who possesses the very things that you need? One and only one. and the one who loves you more than you'll ever know and desires you to know that first and foremost. For the little things, for the big things. Do you know who God is? As the giver of every good and perfect gift, verses 11 to 13 the one that you can turn to and He'll always be there in a deep and profound way. Do you know that, God? I think the reason sometimes that we don't ask is because we don't. We know the store. We know the gas station. We know the car lot. But knowing God as the provider of all things and the giver of every good and perfect gift and then certainly the other things of God that go along with asking. And you know, I have people all of the time that, that ask me about miracles. Do you believe in miracles? The first thing I want to say is, open up your eyes, look around. But people ask that question and I'm sure you wondered it. Miracles still really happen? I think if you know God, you know that they do and another part to that uh, the asking part let me let me just phrase it this way when was the last time and i don't know what your answer is when is the last time that you asked god for something that you would classify as a miracle Something that was so profound, something that was so big that it could only be from the hands of God. You couldn't explain it with rationale. You couldn't, you know, all the facts, anything. When was the last time you asked God, you asked God for something that would blow the doors off of your life and shake you to the core? When was the last time, do you know who God is? he's not a man god has never changed the god who did everything in in the bible that we read that created the world that we live in is the same god who desires to do big bold powerful awesome things in your life when was the last time do you know god that way do you know that god To know that if we ask God just as He says, ask and it will be given. Again, not the way we think, maybe, not in the time frames we believe it should happen, but if we know God in a way that is best. Seek and He will be found. What an awesome and incredible truth. You know, again, I, I I just think of the Psalms and I think of David. Chased all over the, the countryside by people who wanted to kill him. He was always seeking God. And he always found Him. You read some of the... A lot of the Psalms are prayers. Sheer prayers. And he says in a lot of different Psalms, things like this, Come quickly, save me. Don't delay. Get here soon. The enemy is breathing down my neck. When he sends out these urgent pleas, there's always in the midst of all of that as it unfolds, and I think about how how I pray sometimes, going before God and then the asking and the seeking and just opening up the, the heart and letting all of the things flush and flow like a flood and a current. And then what happens, what fills up that space of all of those things that get emptied out? His presence. Peace, comfort, incredible things. God. And that's what David did. It's a great truth and understanding of prayer. And what it means. Asking and seeking and finding. What profound promises. What great truth. And then the last part, knocking. To those that knock, the door will be opened. I think maybe we can relate to this most in times of trouble, right? I would, I would hope that in terms of prayer life and, and knowing God, that you know him intimately and personally enough to spend time with him every day, to have daily conversations. And again, um, to go deep. That a part of your time with God each and every day is, is a time when you move past the, the initial comment, but that you just open up your heart and you have that, that time with God. But I, I think sometimes we knock on the door... And say, God, are you there? Because we have deep needs and we're broken and we're hurt. That's okay. That's awesome. That's what God wants you to do. And if we go there and we knock on the door and there's humility, we're genuinely seeking God, that's when the healing begins. God, there just waiting. And I can visualize that. And prayers just as a knock. God says, come on in. Let's have a conversation. And I go in and we just sit and we talk. And we go to deep places. It's profound to think about. But that's the God that you're here to worship. That's the God that you sing songs to and prayed to that's a God that wants you to listen and to hear now this is true this is what it can mean this is who I am if you ask I'll give it if you seek you'll find me if you knock come on in I'll be there and we can go deep really deep things that happened then and I can't help but think of the words of Philippians 4 Do not be anxious about anything. What? Anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Present your requests and your petitions to God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it is a beautiful thing. I, I, I believe you've experienced it. I hope that you have. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of people living with a lot of stress and anxiety today. Do you know God? That God that you can come to and pray that will reassure you, that will give you hope and peace in a way that confuses even you. There have been times when I've thought, man, I should be concerned about this. I should be worried. I should be stressed out. Again, it had nothing to do with me. Just the presence and the peace of God. It's a beautiful thing. One of the ways that we can really know God is simply to talk to them. To have the conversations. That's the challenge for you and me. To pray. To really pray. So we'll really get to know God. Let's pray together. Lord God. You reveal yourself in all different kinds of ways. The Lord, as Jesus taught us, we really want to know who you are. We really want to know that you're a God who loves us, who cares for us, who will help us, who, who, who we can thank and praise for all of the things that we get blessed with in life. We just need to take the time to, to pray, to go deep. And all the things that that does, the trust that it builds, the deepening of faith as we see you begin to respond and work in our hearts and our lives. When we're alert to why, because we've had the conversation, we pray, we've laid it before you. Have you done it with a heart, oh God, that, that doesn't lean on our own understanding but acknowledges you in all ways, just as we are taught in those words of, prison, of wisdom from Proverbs 3. Lord, I, I pray that that would be true that it wouldn't happen just every now and then as a lifeline. But but Lord, we'd recognize that prayer is not the only thing we can do. It is the best thing we can do. And we should always be praying to you. Because you are the creator. You are the almighty one. You are the one who loves us more than anybody else. Even those that are sitting next to us or that we know, oh God, love us deeply. Your love blows way past that. God, I hope we would know that. I hope we would would have that kind of a relationship with you, that kind of knowledge. And, Lord, that we'd keep seeking, we'd keep praying, we'd keep asking, we'd keep knocking on that door. Grow us, O Lord. We ask all of these things. I trust and hope and believe because we love You more than anything else and we know who You are. Thank You, Lord Jesus. It's in Your name that we pray. Amen.